0: A chance to feel like heroes too will we lose we Someday
1: we'll go, yeah, someday we'll go Welcome back to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Holland. Uh, we've been off for a couple weeks, but we're back. Our guest today is Jesse Rogers, who is the beat reporter for. Uh, ESPN for the Cubs. Um, you know, we talk about basically the off season, lack of activity by the Cubs. He's not very confident that there's going to be a lot of activity, at least not a not big money activity. Um, it's a pretty good conversation. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at ESPNShyCubs is his Twitter account. Uh, I do ask him about Tommy Listella. I'm sure everyone is on pins and needles for that. Um, anyway, a little bit of a sad note before we uh, get to Jesse's interview. Uh, former Cub Luis Valbuena uh, died in a car accident yesterday. we were recording this on Friday, and he was, you know, brought a lot of joy to the Cubs when he was there for a short period early on in the rebuild and. Everyone seemed to really love the guy so it really sucks but anyway let's uh get to our interview with uh Jesse and I think you will enjoy this. Welcome uh, to Holy Cow Cups Podcast Jesse. Uh I guess we'll get right into the um right into this. Uh a busy day. Uh Brandon Morrow they announced had uh, elbow surgery this off season and uh they also announced that Theo again made clear that they probably weren't going to spend a lot of money uh, this off season. So I just uh, thought I'd ask you about both of those developments today.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked by the Moro thing. I mean, uh, I, I almost view it as a sort of a, 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 there's a silver lining there if he comes out of it healthy, because I just don't think the guy can be healthy for six months or seven months. So if you're going to shave off a month, it may, may as well be in April because you don't want him down late in the year like, like happened last year. So um, it's a minor surgery that will set him back. But if you look at the long haul, uh, if he starts uh, in May and sort of finds his groove in the second half and builds towards October, that's probably the best thing for him. So problem is you just have to get through April or, or, or part of May without him. Uh, but at least they know that now. I think that's key. Instead of him going down in spring training or something, the fact that they know they need some, some depth now, I think, really helps. I actually don't think it's the worst thing in the world as long as he comes back from this, which I think he will. Um, the guy really only has, a, a, you know, a, a set amount of bullets, I guess you could say, in his arm the way he is, and you want to save that, you want to build that for October. Um, and, again, knowing it now, I think, is the key thing there. Uh, as far as what Theo's been saying, they saying it all along. It's not it's just People don't want to believe it. But you're just not going to have an open checkbook every year. Um, I'm not sure why everyone just assumed Chris Br- Bryce Harper was going to be on the, you know, two years ago. It just was silly. Um, I mean, he he had, he had some fun with Chris Bryant over the years. He's had some fun with him in pictures and stuff like that. But it was never a, a done deal. And so here you are, a 200 plus million payroll before even making any moves this year. And it's just one of those off seasons that you're not going to increase it by 30 or 40 million. Uh, But you have more than enough to win. Obviously, in adding Harper or someone like that, it assures you uh, more of a chance. But you have enough to win without Bryce Harper. You did it already in 16 without Bryce Harper. um, And and most of these guys at a a younger age, before they were at their peak, now on paper they should be reaching their peak. It just didn't happen in 18. So that doesn't mean it won't happen in 19. So that's kind of how I look at it. It'd be great to have the highest payroll in baseball. And ownership should answer why they won't go there. But that doesn't mean they can't win um, win the division. Let's start with that. And then, of course, the playoffs are a crapshoot, which I still think people forget. Um, playoffs are a roll of the dice, and especially a wild card. Now, this year, 18 was a little different. You kind of saw the, the end coming, the way the offense was playing. But most of the time, you have no idea what's going to happen in October as long as you get there, and the Cubs have been getting there pretty consistently.
1: Yeah, and that's probably a, a good way to think about it. Um, of course, there was a big move. In the division yesterday with uh, the Cardinals acquiring um, Paul Goldschmidt. And uh, Theo seemed to indicate that he knew it was coming in the press availability today, but that does cause a little bit of pressure on the Cubs to maybe not to act, but it's a big development in the, in the division. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, every team is
0: gonna, that, that, that is considered a contender is going to try to improve this. As fast back years. They traded for Osuna and now they trade for Goldschmidt. I mean, you can look at it two ways. You could say, look, the Cardinals are making big moves. You could also look at it and say the Cardinals had to make big moves because they haven't developed position players. They've been trading outfielders, you know, left and right. They they haven't settled on a, a young core like the Cubs have, and they've missed the playoffs because of it, different on the, on the mound. They're really good at developing those guys, but they have not developed a young core like the Cubs, so now they have to trade for a 32-year-old entering his free agent year and trade away a couple prospects in the early to mid-20s. So I, I can find as many negatives as positives, but, I mean, who really cares about 2020? The bottom line is they have Paul Goldschmidt in 2019, and he's a game player. They have Ozuna in 2019, as they did in eighteen and he's a damn good player. So, again, I can see both sides of it. I don't think you think about keeping pitch. You just want to make sure you're, you you've got as many holes filled as you can entering spring training and I think a lot of it is crossing your fingers that the young uh, position players get back to being really dangerous hitters. I, I, you can't turn over the whole roster anyway. So at most they were going to add Bryce Harper. That would be the best. At worst they're still going to turn over somebody, you know, whether it be Ian or Albert Moore, Jr. But eight other hitters or nine other hitters are still going to be there. The answers are still from within because nobody turns over your whole roster. Any help from the outside is is exactly that. Just help. It's not the answer. That's my opinion.
1: Yeah, and um, thats it's got to be internal improvements more than anything to help the, the team build. Uh, do you think – what do you think they will add from outside? Uh, relief pitcher, backup catcher? Do you think they'll do some minor moves anyway? Uh, yeah, I
0: mean, no, I think they'll, they'll add a decent name in the relief staff. I mean, now that we have this Morrow news, I know they've talked to Zach Brayton, nothing serious yet, but the fact that they're kicking the tires on a name like that tells you that they know they need one like that, especially from the left side. I think it checks a couple boxes if they get a guy like Britton or, or another lefty, if they could trade for a guy like Adam Conley. You know, you go to one of these teams that's, that's selling players and you or, or rebuilding, and you try to snag a, a middle reliever that no one's thinking about. So, yes, I think they'll add to the relief court probably two pitchers there. Um, yeah, a, the catching market's flooded, so... Uh, you know, I think that they'd love to have a way to keep three catchers, not on the roster but in the organization. Uh, but that may not be feasible, three legitimate catchers. So, yeah, if they deem that they don't have enough leadership in, in, in terms of the, the position players, then I think they'll, they could trade Caratini and get and, and sign a, a veteran catcher. That, that market's flooded. Uh, but who really cares about the backup catcher? The key is Wilson Contreras has to return to form. He has to return to form. For this team to, to go to another level, offensively and defensively. He might be if you're going to point to one person outside of Chris Bryant, he might be as important as anyone to get back to what he was a couple of years ago. So um, I, I think, yeah, I, I think a backup catcher makes sense. If they, especially if they want some leadership, they could check a couple boxes there. Um, and th- but the big question that I can't answer is what they do to their offense. How does it happen? who Where's the turnover? Who do they bring in? Do they want more contact? Do they want to move out of slugger? Do they want to go younger? Do they want to go older? Those are the questions I don't know. i can I can you know sort of nail down some other areas, but um, you know, short of signing Bryce Harper, I don't know where the offensive turnover is going to be. I don't know if it's Ian half that moves on Schwarber that moves on Albert or Moore, whoever, and I don't know who they bring in. It's just so many moving parts. Do they bring in a guy on an expiring contract like Scholdschmidt was? Do they bring on bringing a guy with tons of control? Um, those are the questions I just can't answer right now because there's just so many moving parts to to, to potential trades.
1: Yeah. Well, I was gonna another area that's been a big off-season topic, and I'm sure you get a lot of it on your Twitter feed too. Is uh, this Addison Russell situation? Now the Cubs tendered him, but there's still a lot of you know uncertainty about. Will he stay with the team or will he not? Will they try to move him? Uh, they talked today a little bit about Baez taking over shortstop while uh, Russell's under suspension. But what's your sense of what the Cubs are going to do with this?
0: I think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to trade him. But that, that's contingent on making sure they, they back themselves up it, uh, along the infield. You know, Lestella's gone. They traded for this kid for the Yankees, Torres. They didn't, they didn't come to terms with him. So they, they're really a little short in the infield. Um, Bodie kind of can take the stellar role, playing all different positions, especially second and third. Uh, but they're still a little short there defensively um, if, if, if if they do trade Russell. I, 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 and I, I do think they will. I think they'll probably move on. I don't know that for sure. History says the guys that have been suspended for someone, to, uh, you know, pretty much move on unless it's a real minor infraction. I think 40 games tells you what you need to know, that that's a serious infraction. Uh, you can go as low as you know 15 games, and and um, most of the guys have, have been either released or traded that have been suspended. So I do think they're going to trade him, but I can't tell you that for sure. If he's showing unbelievable self-improvement and they believe in him, and um, I, I do believe they're talking to his ex-wife and getting her opinion on this if she's on board. Maybe he returns, but I'm just using history. It's just probably easier to have a fresh start for everybody. So, if, if there's a deal to be had, you know, restart the farm a little bit, get a couple, um, you know, mid tier prospects. You're not going to get anybody great for them, but, you know, just get a couple bodies in AA, AAA to, to maybe, you know, help you out. And then uh, you never know what they could be at the major league level. I think that would probably be the route to go.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's one of those things, too, that obviously I'm sure you see this on social media that there's, it's a very, you know, uh, I want to say fractious issue. Like, there's a lot of people, like, I would put myself in this camp that don't want any like anybody with abusing history anywhere near my team. But there's other people that say if the guy's good and trying to improve himself, we'll keep him. But it's such a vicious debate, and I'm sure it's very hard to, like, try to – got to try to report the facts, but I'm sure you get flack from all sides when you do stuff like this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a very
0: sensitive issue. I, I, would, uh, I would say this. Uh, I have no idea of Addison Russell – is sincere about rehabilitation and improvement. I mean, I don't even think his therapist wouldn't for sure what's in his heart and what's in his head, but I do believe the Cubs are sincere about this whole thing. It's not like they stuck their neck out for a star player at this point. Um, he's had a couple of bad seasons. Um, so I, I believe the Cubs want to do what's right by, by the victim, um, by, by society, by him, even by improving him, you know, instead of making him someone else's problem. Um, I, I just can't stress that enough. If this was a star player, that would certainly muddy the waters, whatever they do, and everyone would be questioning their motivation. But this is no star player at this point that they're sticking their neck out for. So um, I, I do understand all sides of it. Uh, I, I, I can understand a fresh start for everybody, but I can also understand the Cubs uh, wanting to be the team to rehabilitate him um, because they feel like they owe it to the victim and, and, like I said, society in general, knowing that right now he's not that great of a player. But but he's their player, and he's their problem. So. I get it all, but I do think the Cubs are sincere in, in whatever whatever is motivating them. I think if you if, if you're the Cubs, you do what you think is right in your heart, and you let the criticism fall where it may. If you think if you know you're doing the right thing in your heart, then I don't think you have to worry about criticism.
1: Yeah, and obviously I'll go to a lighter topic now. Um, uh, Joe Madden's contract is you know in its final year. He made some interesting comments about. He's considering this his free agent season. But a lot of people are wondering, like, why didn't they give him at least a one-year extension? Even They might not even have to keep him after it, but people are surprised that he's kind of in this lame duck situation right now.
0: I'm not that surprised. Um, I, I liken it to a player. I mean, think about the players that underachieved last year. You think Kyle Schwarber's, you know, got a five-year deal ready to sign? You think Cubs are going out of their way to sign Wilson Contreras right now? Now, for strategic reasons, they may make offers to young players. But I guarantee you, if they offer Wilson Contreras something, it's not going to be mega money, right? Max deal. So I, I view the manager in the same way. It's an underachieving season. Why do you? Why would you reward him? Um, and he's not. He's not. You know, thirty-five and. In limbo. He's 65. I mean, if they moved on from a 65-year-old manager, no, not using age as the reason, I he wouldn't be the. I mean five years. He's 65. Maybe they want to try a new voice. I'm ah, fan, but I get it. I get it. It wasn't like this glorious, you know, season that ended on a high note. Everybody deserves raises, right? So why can't Joe fit in? And that been under? It's been under that umbrella as well. Um, it doesn't mean he's not a good manager. I, I, I agree with everything Theo said. There, uh, you know there, there has to be some adjustments hey, This is a, the way I look at it is it's a new world post World Series it's a new era and maybe after the World Series the, the voice gets stale after a couple of years and you need a new voice to, to remote who knows I don't know but I don't have a problem with with not rewarding somebody that, that helped, led a team that underachieved not that he underachieved but the team did so in the same way that some of the young players that, that weren't good aren't getting great raises or big contracts. Why, why should the manager? Well, Theo's not getting an extension this year. Now, Brad, he's not on his last year, but I think you get my gist. Joe should fall under everybody else. Right? Come back and have, have a great year, and we'll see. And if it's an okay year, but we still believe in you, all right, now we have to decide because your contract's up. But why not kick the can down a year when, when you underachieved and, and see where we're at a year later? I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't
1: yeah um speaking of coaching changes, uh Cubs announced today that uh Tommy Hattavy has been named the pitching coach. Uh, he's a guy that's been with the organization for a while. Uh, they gave a l- little bump in title to um, Mike Borzello, who some people say is really might be more of the pitching coach behind the scenes than anyone, but uh what are your thoughts on uh, hotdavy yeah I, I think it's, it's, a, it's
0: a little it's it's kind of interesting. I almost feel the way Theo talked today. It, it's almost a little bit of pitching coach by committee. Even mentioned Lester Strode, who's been there forever as the bullpen coach, and obviously the, the bump in title for Borzello. I think adds adds to what I'm saying here. It's almost like a three headed monster. It really is. How do be 37? He's never had a role like this. I don't think they're going to give him the entire responsibility at all of everybody. I just don't believe that. Not just, you know, I'm, I'm all, think about it. All, all the major leaguers and then the major league invitees to spring trade. I, I just don't see how to be being in charge of all of them. I think Borzello will step up and have that role. I think Lester Strode will. It's that infrastructure, Infrastructure really, those three guys that have been the backbone behind the Bazios and behind the Hickey's. So that's the way I look at it. It's almost like pitching coach by committee. Maybe they change their mind after a year, and we know this team likes to turn over its coaches, but... Um, how do he got the title? But I really think it's a three headed monster.
1: Yeah, and one of like you were saying, like I, you were saying, uh, Borzello really is kind of an unsung hero of this coaching staff. That he really does a lot of work behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean every team has a Borzello these days. He's just pretty good at it, pretty refined at it. Um, you know, there's arguments to be made
0: if, if that role is as important as it should be, meaning. You know, uh, let a pitcher pitch. Let a pitcher pitch to his strengths. Borzello's job is to find the weakness in the hitter and, and, and get his pitchers to pitch to that. But pitchers are creatures of habit. They, they, they uh, you know, come up through the ranks with their, using their best stuff. And sometimes they don't like to use their secondary stuff, even if it's a hitter's weakness. So it, it, there's a give and take there. It's a tough role because you've come up with some answers and the pitchers don't always – agree with it but the best of them are able to communicate find that middle ground so yeah he's an unsung hero but let's not put it all on Borzello's plate or all on the pitching coach's plate it really is a it is an infrastructure that, that it's an entire team that can that can help it you know uh, when it comes to a pitching staff and using the an- analytics of it all and so maybe that's why they're you know Theo mentioned all three
1: guys instead of just pointing at out of and putting it all on his plate yeah I'll just ask a couple more quick questions um uh, now, we've got coming up... Um, oh, winter meetings? Yeah, with well, the winter meetings and stuff coming up, yeah. And there's just this whole thing with the off season and these rumors that get out of control and, like, you get a little piece of an interview or a thing and they just take on a life of their own and get out of control and, like, all these rumors start flying. And it must be, from your end of it, kind of wild to be like, you say something in an interview and it gets... Blown up into this giant rumor that spreads all over the internet.
0: Yeah, if it's taken out of context, that's that's wrong. But I don't pay much attention to that stuff. I mean, I'm not really into the incremental updates. Um, hey, look, I, 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 here I could report right now: the Cubs are talking to 27 other teams about players, and it would be true. That's that's what a GM does. You go, you talk to you talk to every single team and see if there's a match for a trade. So it's not news when you hear one item. Oh, the Cubs are talking to the Mariners. Well, no, no, no. You know what? Because the Mariners are selling. Every team is talking to the Mariners. So that's where the incremental updates just don't don't move the needle for me. Yeah, if you hear a free agent, there's conversations going on that could be interesting. Um, if you hear serious talks about a team, that could be interesting. But you know, there's so many conversations. It's like what happens in a clubhouse behind closed doors. And you hear about one thing, a controversy. There's things that happen every single day. Just because you hear about that one thing doesn't tell the whole story. Same thing with trade rumors. Just because you hear about one little tidbit doesn't tell the whole story of what a team's doing. So, I mean, the bottom line is it's December. But, uh, you know, by, by uh, I don't know, this time a month from now, we're going to pretty much know what the Cubs are all about. We, don't, we won't have to wonder. We'll know. So it's all going to happen in due time. That's the beauty of this thing right away what's going on what, you know so that incremental stuff is just not interesting the, the actual things that happen are interesting not what could happen what 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 actually does happen what will the team look like what is it what is the team looking like so the other stuff is just noise to me um, and, and like I said you could you could say that any team is basically talking to 27 other teams there might be a couple that just don't match. Uh, but especially this offseason, the Cubs are pretty much talking to everybody because they're not going to spend a lot of money. It has to come via trade. So, um, you know, obviously a contender for contender trade, those are less likely to happen. Uh, but certainly any of those rebuilding teams, if they're going to move a piece, whatever, that, that, that can happen. So just think of it that way. The Cubs are in on everybody and anything because why wouldn't you be? You, have no, no, you don't lose anything by making that phone call.
1: Yeah, so I guess I will title this podcast – Cubs talking the twenty seventeen. No, I, I won't. <laughs> you can do
0: that. You no. won't be wrong.
1: Yeah, no. Um anyway, uh now my final question of course is about um uh Tommy La Stella, who obviously people who uh, follow your uh, Twitter account know about, you know, you you like Tommy La Stella uh, he was just traded to the Los Angeles Angels a couple weeks ago, but um I just thought you'd talk a little bit about uh the, your you and Tommy Lostella.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a really good guy. The whole thing kind of blew up blew up into something that was more than or probably what it should have been, but it was funny. I mean, I love the nickname that Joe gave him, so I played that up a lot. Um, he can wake up at 3 a.m. and hit anybody. Uh, he, he's just an interesting guy, and I, I like the underdogs. You know, 25th man on the roster. Who doesn't? Um, and the fact of the matter is he probably could wake up at 3 a.m. and hit anybody. I mean, for his size and the at-bats he gave, I thought, were just so interesting because – um, getting one at bat a game, you can be really anxious. And, and the great pinch hitters, um, you know, take what what's given. And he would take a walk just as easily as, as swing a bat. And that's not easy when you bat once you know, a few times a week. So I loved this game. I liked him off the field. The other interests. He wasn't just all about baseball. He's an interesting cat. Um, so yeah, we became friendly. And then I just liked the nickname and playing it up. So um, I miss him. He was a good leader. He turned into a leader as a twenty fifth man type. Um, I think they wanted to change the dynamic a little bit and actually give him a little bit of a favor. I think he's going to get some more at-bats. A little surprised it's an AL team and not an NL team. But I think he'll get some more starts. He just wasn't going to get that either. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I love the idea of him him getting in between Otani and Trout or something. Wouldn't that be something? Yes. But, um, uh, I, you know, I'll miss him because he's just a good guy. That was basically, yeah, he's just a good dude and kind of interesting uh, away from baseball.
1: Yeah, and... Um... I'm sure when you got traded, um, you got more than enough uh, Twitter comments from people, Oh no, what will Jesse Rogers do without without Tommy Lasella? I'm sure you got lots of those comments. Yeah, pretty much.
0: It was pretty funny. I liked it. I love the nickname, that's the bottom line. I just love the three A M thing. So uh I know a lot of people caught on to that and that was cool.
1: Yeah, so I guess now you'll have to find a new new scrappy guy on the bottom of new the roster. Guy? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna tell, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take yeah, I'm gonna do interviews. Who's, who wants to be my guy? I'm gonna see. <laughs> There'll be a short list, I'm sure. That shows up for
1: that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put put in your resumes now, people, if you want to be the new fan favorite. Right, uh, exactly. Jesse Rogers. All right. Well, uh, thank you for coming on my podcast and uh, giving some of the latest rumors. Even though a lot of them are just incremental stuff that we shouldn't pay attention to, but. Um, thank you for coming on my podcast. Sure. Anytime. Have a good one. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, you can follow me at STH 85 on Twitter. If you have a question for the podcast, uh, you can email me at, at holy at Gmail, holy at Gmail. If you have any questions you'd like to get on the podcast, um, I'll try to do as the offseason progresses. I'll try to do a few more of these as events warrant, you know, if the Cubs actually start signing people or whatever. But um, until then, thank you for listening.